Good morning, Alex and friends. Today is Wednesday, July 12th, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. Turning our attention to the day's weather, expect a scorching high of 95.8 degrees in Riverside, with a considerably cooler low of 73.6. Looking forward at our news report today, we are unpacking a hefty fine faced by Bank of America, who has been ordered to cough up $250 million for illegal practices which have detrimentally impacted customers. We'll also be exploring the rumors swirling about the impact of an impending UPS strike on our economy and supply chain. In the tech world, Huawei is reportedly making its return to the 5G smartphone market, despite continuing U.S. bans. Lastly, we've got an update about the ripples caused by the controversial movie Barbie, a film now allowed for release by MTRCB amidst a heated debate over map depiction. Stay tuned for these stories and more right here on Alex's News. Our top story this morning concerns a significant action taken by government regulatory bodies against a major banking institution. Bank of America has been fined and ordered to pay a substantial amount in reimbursement to customers for illegal practices that the bank engaged in. Antony, our financial news reporter, is here with us. Antony, could you tell us more about these alleged illegal practices? Good morning, Connie. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, or CFPB, and the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency, better known as the OCC, have together discovered a range of illegal practices Bank of America was involved in. These include charging customers junk fees, opening and enrolling customers in credit card accounts without their knowledge or approval, and wrongfully withholding credit card rewards. Those are quite serious allegations. Are we aware of how many customers were affected by these practices? It's reported that hundreds of thousands of customers have been affected by these practices over a span of several years. It involved what one might call a double-dipping scheme, where it appears customers were charged multiple times for the same transaction if they had insufficient funds. That particularly controversial policy has led to a lot of the backlash against the bank. Could you dig a bit more into what these junk fees are and clarify this double-dipping scheme, Antony? Sure, Connie. Junk fees is a term referred to those unnecessary or redundant fees that financial institutions might impose. In regards to Bank of America's double-dipping scheme, it involves charging customers $1.35 for declined transactions due to insufficient funds, even if they were the same transaction. So hypothetically, if you made a $1.30 purchase but had inadequate balance, not only would the transaction be declined, you would then be charged a $1.35 fee. If you were to try the same transaction again without replenishing your funds, the same fee would apply. That would certainly add up for customers. Now, Bank of America has faced hefty monetary penalties before, correct? Yes, indeed. This isn't the first brush with punitive consequences for the bank. 
In 2014, it paid over $727 million to CFPB for deceptive marketing practices, and there have been other fines earlier this year as well. The latest order requires them to pay more than $100 million in reimbursement to the affected customers and $150 million in fines. It's quite a major impact. With these consistent issues from Bank of America, is there a broader question about the oversight of these large financial institutions? <sighs> Absolutely, Connie. This situation underscores the importance of regulatory authorities like the CFPB or the OCC. These organizations monitor the financial marketplace to ensure banks and such institutions uphold ethical practices. Bank of America's offenses demonstrate the necessity of vigilant monitoring and strict consequences for violating the law. Right. Now we should note that Bank of America isn't the only bank that's faced repercussions for violating U.S. laws. Could you give us some context there, Antony? That's correct. Other large banks, like Wells Fargo, have also been in hot water for breaching U.S. laws in the past. It highlights the broader issue of needing robust oversight in the financial sector to protect the consumers and maintain the integrity of the financial system. Now, what are the likely consequences of these penalties and the potential fallout for Bank of America? With Bank of America being the second largest bank in the U.S., holding $2.4 trillion in consolidated assets, such scandals can have significant implications. The bank now not only has to resolve these financial penalties, but is faced with the uphill task of repairing its reputation and regaining public trust. They have started taking steps to reduce reliance on overdraft fee revenue, but it is going to be a long process. Quite a situation for them, indeed. Thanks for your insight, Antony. You're welcome, Connie. We are now diving into our second story for the day, a potential UPS strike that could significantly impact the U.S. economy and supply chain. Let's bring in our news reporter, Ellie, for the details. Ellie? Thanks, Connie. As the end of July approaches, the pulse of the nation is quickening over the possible implications of what could be the largest single-employer strike in U.S. history. The International Brotherhood of Teamsters, the mighty union representing more than 340,000 UPS package delivery drivers and warehouse logistics workers, has authorized a strike if they cannot reach a satisfactory deal with UPS by July 31st. So there could be a potential strike in just a few weeks. What could be the implications if that does happen, Ellie? Connie. The stakes are high, particularly for the supply chain, which is just beginning to find its feet again after the pandemic. UPS, being a prime global transportation company, transports more than 3% of the world's GDP and around 6% of that of the U.S. every single day. Disruptions could translate to slower delivery times, increased prices, and further interruptions to an already fragile supply chain. UPS pilots, too, have expressed solidarity with their colleagues on the ground, amplifying the gravity of the situation. That sounds concerning, especially considering how integral UPS is to the U.S. economy. Will there be alternatives available to individual consumers and businesses? 
Interestingly, yes. Small businesses, which are especially reliant on UPS, may need to explore other shipping options should a strike occur. FedEx has pledged to maintain its service and capacity for its existing customers. The U.S. Postal Service is also stepping up with a new shipping option called Ground Advantage, while Amazon, despite having its own delivery network, also relies significantly on UPS in areas where its logistical reach is yet to mature. So this impact could be far-reaching. But what exactly are the Teamsters seeking from UPS? At the core, it about enhancing their work conditions and promoting job security, Connie. Their demands are multifaceted, ranging from no excessive overtime, higher part-time pay, more full-time positions, to specific needs like video camera and harassment protection. UPS, for its part, anticipates broad issues on the negotiating table, including job creation, pay and benefits, overtime rules, and vehicle safety. Ellie, could there be broader implications to this potential strike for other delivery companies too? Absolutely, Connie. The Teamsters Union isn't just focused on UPS. They've also set sights on unionizing Amazon workers. Therefore, how the union and UPS resolve their conflict could set a precedent for future labor relations in the entire package delivery industry. That's certainly worth keeping an eye on. How severely could this strike affect local businesses, Ellie? Businesses like the Alpha Brewing Company in South St. Louis heavily rely on UPS, Connie. If a contract is not reached, we could see the county's 34,000 UPS workers joining the strike. Teamster Local 688, representing approximately 3,500 members in the area, is already prepping for a possible strike on August 1st. It's a tense situation given that UPS typically delivers around 24 million packages daily across the country. Wow, that could be major. As we wrap up this segment, how critical are these next few weeks, Ellie? It's a pivotal moment, Connie. The outcome of the negotiations will greatly influence not just UPS, but also businesses, consumers, and the entire package delivery industry. Customers may face delays and bear the brunt of increased prices, while some businesses, including e-commerce giants like Amazon, may have to scout for alternative shipment routes. With the strike deadline looming, the uncertainty does add to the general apprehension. A huge potential impact there. Thanks for breaking it all down, Ellie. My pleasure, Connie. Our next news segment brings attention to the tech world. According to research firms, Huawei Technologies of China is planning a comeback into the 5G smartphone market later this year. Here to provide us with greater insight is Arnold, our correspondent with expertise in this area. Arnold, what's the situation with Huawei currently? Thanks, Connie. You're absolutely right. Huawei is reportedly planning to acquire 5G chips domestically from the Semiconductor Manufacturing International Company, or SMIC, and utilize its own semiconductor design tools. This is seen as a strategic move to overcome the setbacks from the U.S. ban on equipment sales, a ban that had seriously affected the company's consumer electronics business. You've mentioned the U.S. ban impacting Huawei's business. Could you give our listeners a bit more context about that? Sure, Connie. In recent years, the U.S. government, along with several European governments, labeled Huawei a security risk. This labeling led to a ban of Huawei equipment sales in the U.S. Though Huawei has steadily denied these accusations, it has still significantly impacted their operations. To give you perspective, their consumer business revenue reached a peak of CNY $483 billion. That is $67 billion in 2020, but then it experienced a near 50% drop the following year. 
A significant drop indeed. And what is the likelihood of Huawei's success in returning to the 5G smartphone market? There is cautious optimism, Connie, but it's not without its challenges. Research firms estimate that Huawei's 5G shipments could range from 2 to 10 million units this year, including 5G versions of its flagship models. However, Huawei's international market appeal may face hurdles due to its lack of access to Google's Android operating system and associated services, which could impact the company's ability to attract customers outside of China. So the lack of access to Google's Android operating system could be a major stumbling block for Huawei. Can this impact on its global position? Absolutely, Connie. Prior to the U.S. ban, Huawei was a leading global handset maker. They lost access to essential chip-making tools for their advanced models due to the ban, but now their efforts to procure 5G chips domestically and leverage their own design tools show their determination to regain that position. However, their success is largely contingent on how they navigate their limitation with the Android operating system, and of course, how the global market responds to their comeback. Navigating through global politics and technology restrictions seem to be the two major challenges for Huawei. Thanks a lot for this detailed insight, Arnold. Always happy to shed light on these issues, Connie. For our fourth story of the day, we're turning to the world of entertainment. A significant decision was made recently in the Philippines. Jenna, our film industry reporter, has been closely tracking the actions of the Movie and Television Review and Classification Board, or MTRCB, and their decision regarding the movie Barbie. Jenna, what can you tell us about this? Yes, Connie, it's been an intriguing week. It all revolves around a fictional map featured in the movie Barbie. The controversy centered on the depiction of a disputed area known as the Nine Dash Line, which China uses to assert dominance over the South China Sea. An interesting factor here is that this line has already been rejected by the Permanent Court of Arbitration at The Hague. That sounds quite complex for a seemingly innocent Barbie movie. What went down with the MTRCB regarding this controversial map? Indeed, Connie, a lot more than you might think. The MTRCB conducted two screenings of the movie and determined there was no clear or outright depiction of the disputed line. The map in question had only eight dashes, not nine, and was described as a cartoonish drawing, not intended to make any political statement. It's interesting that we're talking about this in connection with a Barbie film. But wasn't there a ban on this film elsewhere due to the map? That's correct, Connie. Vietnam had indeed banned the film over this issue. However, the decision by the MTRCB, which coincided with the seventh anniversary of the international ruling rejecting China's claims to the South China Sea, has relieved Barbie fans in the Philippines. So, how is the Philippines' MTRCB planning to manage this disputed element in the movie? The MTRCB has exercised due caution, Connie. They've requested Warner Brothers, the movie's distributor, to blur the lines on the map to avoid any possible misinterpretation, emphasizing that it should be understood as purely fictional and non-political. Interesting. Now, is this the first time a movie has faced this kind of issue in the Philippines? Not at all, Connie. In fact, just last year, Sony's film Uncharted was pulled from Philippine cinemas after its release because it contained a scene depicting the controversial Nine Dash line. 
The Department of Foreign Affairs also requested the removal of the film Abominable and two episodes of Pine Gap on Netflix for similar reasons. So the decision to allow the screening of Barbie seems to be sticking true to the MTRCB's policy against depicting this disputed line. What can we expect going forward? Yes, Connie. Despite all the controversy, fans in the Philippines can look forward to Barbie's release on July 19th. In the United States, the film, starring Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling, is set to release on July 21st. It certainly seems like a lot has gone into ensuring this movie gets to light up our screens. Jenna, thank you so much for keeping us updated on all these developments in the entertainment industry. Always a pleasure, Connie. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made with ChatGPT, Eleven Labs, and a program written by you. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.